something's changing in all of us. It's changing in me. It's changing in us all. Um, favor and blessings are literally at our fingertips waiting to be poured out in a level we've never seen before. Um, and I really believe that it, it's subject to how we perceive the storm. We're either sleeping in the boat or we're like disciples freaking out and crying out to be saved. I'm, I'm in the boat. I want to sleep, sleep in the boat. Why? Not because you're sleeping away the storm, but you're in such a deep level of the presence of the Father that no storm will keep you awake. That you can turn the rocking and rolling of the boat into fear, or you can turn the rocking and rolling in the boat into lulling you to sleep and lulling you into rest. I want to encourage us. I tell you what, this is not a season that we live in fear. This is a storm. It will come and it will go. And the storm, another one, will come and it will go. That's one thing as a captain in yachts, I learned uh, quickly that storms come and storms go in the ocean, and I don't think they will ever stop coming and going. And I don't think they will in the world around us either. But how do we perceive the storm? That will radically shift whether or not you're in His presence or you're fighting for it. Increasing the presence of God in our lives, it's an absolute priority. It is not something we can just camp out on experience five years ago. If we're not having encounters with God on a regular basis, I wonder where our presence in Him is. If we don't value the presence, we will never value the encounter. And we will bump from an encounter to an encounter and have lows in the middle and highs in the encounter. But the question is, are we pursuing an encounter or are we pursuing the presence? You see, the presence is about choice. The encounter is an experience from the choice. And I believe God is calling us into choices that we have got to make. We've had to make some in the last year and a half. And I will guarantee you, our life will not stop having to make choices. But something that's the most important choice we can make, obviously, is for salvation through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And then immediately after that, it's about whether or not we're going to learn and live in the presence of God. Because when we learn to live in the presence, we have encounter after encounter, and our life becomes a living encounter where we dwell in Him and He dwells in us. And then the storms no longer look like storms. They become windows of opportunity to fall asleep and or get up and tell the wind and the waves to cease like a child and say, shut up, you wind and waves. Stop and be still. Because we have to live in an encounter, but to get there, we got to be in his presence. His presence drives the encounter. Every spiritual encounter you and I have ever had, it's about his presence. It's his presence that's releasing the encounter. And many times as believers, you know, we, we call them conference junkies. We used to come around and run around to all the conferences. It was interesting how the people that were so eager to get to the front for prayer the first seemed to have the roughest seasons of life year after year after year. 
And I sat back and I said, whoa, what's wrong? Why do I not feel like instantly jumping out of my chair and coming up front all the time? What is it, God? And I realized because I'm learning to grow in his presence, so I'm in a continual encounter, not coming to a meeting to expect an encounter. When we come to this meeting just to have an encounter, you've missed the whole point. You could come and not know. You could come depressed. But I tell you what, you need to have an encounter with God by his presence. How do we have an encounter? Look for his presence. Look for his presence and go after his presence. Today, there were some hungry people that were pushing in for presence. And the presence releases the encounter You can have an encounter, but without learning the presence, the encounter will come and go. And you'll spend your life looking for an encounter again and again and again. I just want to speak it one more time and say to all of us, hold on, don't keep looking for an encounter. Find the presence so you never get out of the encounter with God. Well, how do we do that? Repentance is one of the first parts in living in God's presence. Acts chapter 3, verse 19 Acts 3, 19. Repentance, therefore, and repent, therefore, and be converted. You see, repentance creates a conversion. (laughs) Many people repent but don't change their ways. And they keep repenting over and over and over again of their sin. But true repentance creates a conversion. And when a conversion happens, that means you're now being converted from a lifestyle of saying I'm sorry to a lifestyle of thanking God for the goodness that I have. Repentance, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. In other words, if you don't convert, are your sins blotted out? You see, praying a sinner's prayer doesn't convert you. Many words that you say, you could say, I'm happy, but it doesn't mean you're converted as happy. You can look good on the outside and be all beat up on the inside. Oh, I'm happy, I'm happy, and walk out those doors and bawl your eyes out all the way home. You see, words are cheap. What's important is who's speaking the words from within. Who is, who is actually the one speaking them? You can say, I love you to your spouse, but if your actions don't justify it, then they're just words. I bet you, you probably wouldn't have to say, I love you very much if our actions justified it every day. I bet you'd say, I love you, and they'd say, I know you do. <laughs> Instead of, would you please just say you love me? Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. You see, the interesting thing is it's saying that your sins may be blotted out. In other words, if you're not living in times of refreshing, it could be internalized as a sinful thought pattern or sinful lifestyle. Let me just explain. Repent, therefore, and be converted. Repentance creates a conversion. Once you're converted, your sins are blotted out. If you live without that understanding, then you're not going to have many times of refreshing. With the understanding that you've repented and you're converted, with that understanding, 
Your sins are now blotted out, means they are blacked out, no longer readable. In other words, quit reading them. Quit bringing them up, especially in someone else's life. I can't stand it when we talk about somebody that we've known for years, and then somebody says, oh, yeah, but do you remember the sin? And you? I'm like, quiet, please. You're, 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 you're messing with my thought patterns in my mind. Their sins are blotted out. Why on earth are you erasing the blotting to read it again? Because as long as you erase the black ink and, and read the writing again, then I question whether or not you understand forgiveness. And if you don't understand forgiveness, oh my Lord, you're not having an encounter on a regular basis because you don't understand his presence. What he did on the cross was final, finished, and done. And when he rose again, the sins are blotted out. So don't don't quit bringing them up. Quit bringing them up. Don't keep mentioning them and remembering them because every time you remember them, the ink gets lighter and lighter and lighter of the blotted out sin. And the only way that sin can live again is if you, in you is if you choose to not live converted in forgiveness. So that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Psalms chapter 16, verses 7 and 8 and verse 11. Psalm 16 and verse 7. I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the night season. Oh boy. If you're having wrong dreams at night, you need to get in the presence of God. I will tell you what, when you go to bed in the presence and you train your mind and your heart, it was one of the big testimonies of my life in the year 2000, three months of prayer and fasting uh, for more of the supernatural and his presence. And during that season, I trained my mind to fall asleep in his presence and that my first thoughts of the morning would be on his presence. It took a while. I had to double my prayer time if I didn't wake up thinking about his presence. It's quite easy to fall asleep in his presence, just put on some worship music and gradually fall asleep. But if your first thought is other than his presence, then I doubled my prayer time that day. And I tell you what, I did a lot of praying. I was exhausted. But when you can train your mind, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. For his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in the law he meditates day and night. Tell you what, when we can train our mind and renew our mind into the understanding that we are in his presence all night long, this verse starts to rip open and render the heavens uh, in our dream life, uh, in our encounters in the evenings. I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the night season. I believe I've received some of the greatest instructions in that nighttime season from God. How do I do that? Verse 8 says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. And verse 11, you will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. Okay, so let's just reverse theologize this meaning. In your presence is fullness of joy. So if you're not living in fullness of joy, where is his presence? 
In your presence, God, is fullness of joy. That means in the middle of the storm, I'm a joyful camper. I'm a joyful person. I don't let the storm drown my boat. Oh, if I have to get up and get a bigger bucket, but I won't let that storm drown my boat. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Acts chapter 2, verse 25. For David says concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face. How many times did David first see the Lord before him? Always, always, always. That means everything that he did, he saw the Lord in it and went forward in it. For he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Foresaw means to see beforehand or knowledge of things before they exist. Or happen. David is saying that he set the Lord before his face. He set the Lord before him always. David's focus was on the Lord and not on the things in his life at that time, which were not always easy. David knows the Lord and he trusts the Lord. I want to ask everyone that's listening here right now, how well do you know the Lord and how well are you trusting him in the storms of life right now? Because if you're so wrapped up in the storms of life, then where is your trust? You start to look out at Jesus sleeping in the back of the boat. Oh, master, master, don't you care if we drown? Oh, God, oh, God, don't you care if we die? David knows the Lord and he trusts the Lord. How David set the Lord before him in everything he did by recognizing his Lord's presence. He needed the presence. And we're called to do the same. We're called to realize that without the presence, it's a tough life on this earth. We must have a continued realization of the presence of God. And we have to live with this awareness, this understanding that his presence releases the joy. His presence releases peace that passes all understanding. These are some of the most vital elements of our Christian faith. I'm not, I grew up in a very religious group of individuals, denomination, and it wasn't as much about his presence. I want to tell you what, this word is life. It's truth. But when we're in the presence of God, when we read his word, it becomes revelational. Fresh revelation starts to birth out of these same verses. You know how 10 years ago a verse just impacted you in a certain way. 10 years later that same verse impacts you in a different way. That's the revelation of the word of God coming to life. David became the great leader over all of Israel by leading them into prosperity, blessings, and their greatest military victories. This is what the presence of God does. I don't want to go into a war or a battle without the presence of God. If I go in without the presence, then I'm fighting and contending the battle on my own. But God has never called us to fight and contend the battle on our own. He's always called us to fight within his presence because then there's no more war around us. It's actually victory waiting to be established and found in our lives. 
Israel finally received all the land that was promised to them all those years from Joshua moving onward, going forward, taking the word, taking what his spiritual papa Moses had said, and going forth. David was a great leader because he was the greatest of worshipers and the greatest of warriors. I truly believe when we live a lifestyle of a worshiper, I'm not talking about singing and music, I'm talking about a lifestyle. When we live a lifestyle of worship in our lives, we become so enthralled and entrained in his presence that everything we do establishes victory everywhere we go. Shadows start to heal people. A cloth that's touched starts to heal people. You walk into a room and the presence of the room starts to change, not because of you, but because of the presence you're in. When we come into this building, we come into his, we bring his presence and come into the presence. A unified presence that we can't establish on our own sitting at home watching a live stream. Presence is not as much an emotional feeling as it is an understanding that will create a variety of emotional feelings. Listen to this, I'm going to repeat it again. Presence is not about an emotional feeling. The presence is about an understanding that will literally create emotional feelings around you and in you. But again, we must not bounce from encounter to encounter. Instead, live in the understanding of his presence. If presence is about an emotional feeling, then people will always be looking for the next emotion. I know people that will walk into a building and they'll say, yeah, didn't feel the presence, I'm out. What? Oh, hold it. Oh, I get it. You, you, your, your understanding of an emotional feeling you had in the past, if you don't feel the same thing, then the presence isn't there. Well, guess what? You're deceived. Two or three or more gathered in his name, what does it say? Has nothing to do with your emotional state. <laughs> if people don't feel the emotion they were expecting, then they will say there was no presence. If they don't feel that if they don't feel what they were expecting, then they are actually limiting God and his presence to what their own understanding is. I want to tell you what. Every Sunday I sit in that chair, I'm in his presence and expecting more. Whether the band played or didn't play, whether the prophetic move happened or didn't, whether signs and wonders were he happened, people were healed or people weren't, it actually doesn't rely on my understanding of the presence. The things around me don't change the presence in me. The presence in me changes things around me. God's presence is in many forms. You want his presence? What if the thunders roared right now and deafened us all? Lightning, like we've had literally flashes of light in this building, our sound system went out. <laughs> Cloud by day and fire by night was presence, but look at what the Israelites did. They followed the presence, but they weren't part of the presence. 
They didn't have the presence in them. And so they were still walking as slaves, following the presence of God, but living in slavery. You know what? This is no longer time to start following the presence. This is now the time to get out of a mindset of slavery and orphanhood and step in and have the presence in so strong that you become the fire by night and you become the cloud by day in the presence of God. His presence can kill, and it kills all the right things that need to die. It's killed my own understanding over and over again. When you have a guy from Australia pray over you in Bethel, call you out, Sharon and I, and he was punching everybody in the belly, and he he didn't even get close to my belly and I went down and I'm laughing and laughing my head off right between the legs of Papa Bill Johnson. Every time the guy said Jesus, I start laughing in joy, not laugh. Felt like, am I laughing at Jesus? I actually wanted to stop. I didn't want to be mocking him, but it wasn't mocking. It was actually such an overwhelming presence of joy. Every time I heard the name Jesus, <laughs> I looked up at one point, 15, 20 minutes and there Papa Bill's looking at me. <laughs> Oh yeah, I was very undignified at that moment. It, it, it killed a few things that needed dying in me at that moment. I will be honest with you. I think there's a few dying things that need to happen in the people here as well too. One of them is thinking that you know how the presence is going to act in you. Boy, get rid of that or you're going to put the presence in a box. And pretty soon, it doesn't want to live in the box. Presence brings joy. Presence brings peace. Presence brings power. Presence brings authority. Presence even invites in the Holy Spirit. In God's presence is where we truly find love. We can't even learn to love someone around us until we truly grow more and more in the presence of God's love. Because if we don't understand the presence, then our love will be subject on how that person behaves towards me. And when they don't do what I think they should do or want to do, then all of a sudden my love starts to wane for them. And I want to tell you what, <laughs> that's not love. That's be who I want you to be. That's not your option for people. My option as a leader is not to create slaves. Let me phrase that. I actually do have the option if I chose to in the sense that many leaders do create slaves. You might all leave, but I still have the option. But my purpose in this house <laughs> is to be in his presence. <laughs> That's all I want. That's all I want. If I breathe my last breath on this earth, I just want to be in his presence. 
don't care how big a church is or isn't or how many churches we have. If we don't have his presence, what are we doing? We're just creating more religion. I just want more of him. His presence is breath, it's life. I can see some people have gone through some difficult seasons. I tell you what, just focus on his presence right now. Because his presence, again, in you doesn't matter how you feel. It's an understanding and a knowing that he's there, he's here, and he's in us. It's like love. You, you can't do love on an emotional experience. That's infatuation, and it doesn't last a lifetime. Love is a choice. You choose love, but with God, love chose you first. It's such a beautiful thing. Like my wife, I choose love before she had to justify her love to me. I choose to love you. And that's a scary proposition. I'm looking at all of you. I'm just kidding. But I do. I choose to love you. I choose to believe in you. I don't care of the stuff of the past. It's blotted out if, you, if you've had a conversion with Jesus. I always tell people, I, I, I trust you first. Yeah, but you don't know my past. You know what, I, I don't, hold up, hold up. You want to bring your past into our relationship? No. You can bring your past garbage in and you can bring your past pride in. It can go one of two ways. One, you can say, but you don't understand. I mean, I was a drug addict. I was this and that. I don't care. One thing is, is if you're addicted to, to something sinful, imagine what happens when you become addicted to something good. You're unstoppable. <laughs> Some people need to be a little more addicted. Just live a mediocre Christian life. No, you need to be addicted to Jesus in a whole new life. And then maybe others will come to me and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, my name is Jim Bob and I, I'm a preacher and evangelist. I've led like a million people to Jesus and da, 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 and da, da. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. It sounds like you're coming to me like you want something. I tell you what, can we just get to know each other first? <laughs> can we just get to know each other and learn to trust each other? We need to pursue these principles every day. It's wrong to just live by the theory of God's presence. To just say, I know he's always with me. When you're like living in hell on earth, 
Oh, I know he's always with me. Oh yeah, he wants me to have this disease and this sickness. He wants me to be broke. He wants me to have nothing. He does. Yeah, actually, it kind of sounds like he doesn't love me. You're right, so quit saying it. He doesn't want you living in your disease and sickness. He doesn't want you living in poverty. He doesn't want you living with one foot in hell or both. He's wanting you to live in his presence and his presence is in none of those things I just said. Yes, he's always with you, but do we have the understanding deep inside to where our whole being knows it, believes it, and breathes it? Because if we do, then we wouldn't be too worried about the seasons and times of this world right now. Instead, it would be firing us up more to evangelize and preach the gospel. It would be firing us up more to say, you know what? Hey, Mr. Neighbor, you need to come to the church with me. This manifestation of God's presence must launch us into an experience. If his presence isn't launching us into an experience, then I would question what presence you're talking about. Because the presence of God always changes us, renews our mind, guides and impacts our hearts. Let's all stand. David's entire life as a warrior and a priest was focused on this one thing, to daily take time before God until we can see Him. Bill Johnson says, since we can't imagine a place where God isn't, we might as well imagine Him with us. That our imagination is to be harnessed and yielded to the Lord so that the process of yielding, it becomes sanctified, our imagination becomes sanctified. Quit imagining the wrong things and bad things that could happen. Start imagining the life and the revival and the breakout and the miracle happening at hands. When our imagination is sanctified and positioned to perceive God, then our imagination can be instantaneously entering us into the presence. Many times overseas in very violent areas and dangerous places I go, as soon as I start to feel like, whoa, I could actually get shot, I immediately retrain my thought pattern, my imagination, my understanding, and enter His presence like that. Just like this, look at Okay, let's enter His presence. I choose to right now. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Oh no, it takes me 15 hours of prayer and intercession. Well, I'm sad for you. I pray that the 15 hours of prayer and intercession will get you into a deeper level of understanding that you don't have to work for His presence. It's already given to you. We just have to be willing to open our minds, our hearts, our eyes, and receive it in Jesus' name. And receive it right now. In Jesus' name. Who wants to receive some presence this morning? Well, I've already received enough for today. Well, I don't know what to say about that, to be honest with you.
when he see me posture like this many times, I am receiving and entering into his presence. I want to encourage you. It's not weird. This is normal Christian life. To be a supernatural being, a supernatural encounter with God every minute of the day by meditating on Him day and night. And become trees planted by rivers of living water whose fruit bear season after season after season. Oh, I ask, oh Lord, here today that we can open our hearts and our minds into your presence. Into your presence. I pray that we as a family here watching online will choose right now to get rid of all the noise and just come into your presence, O oh Lord, our God. Power and authority. The name above all names, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, O oh God, the Alpha, and the Omega, in the beginning, from the end. So little viruses just get out now in Jesus' name. Because you don't belong in the presence of God. Blood disorders go now. Just go now in Jesus' name. Pain, back pain. Legs, hips, pain, just go now in Jesus' name. Life into the lungs that need life right now in Jesus' name. In the presence of God. Holy Spirit. Breathe on us. I just feel like the Lord saying, just take some deep breaths right now of His presence. For this is the day that the Lord has made. And in it we rejoice and be glad. For we walk this earth not by understanding, but by faith. <laughs> that means <laughs> that we walk, when we walk in your presence, oh God, we don't need to understand what's happening. Because none of us can figure your presence and your love out for us. But I know one thing. We need our hearts ripped open to be filled. with your presence. 
We need our minds and our thoughts destroyed for the renewed mind of Christ Jesus in us, that our thoughts are not earth thoughts, man thoughts, woman thoughts, but instead our thoughts are your thoughts, O God. I see a lineup of people waiting to come in to this place. I see people around this valley looking in this direction, not even knowing why right now. They're just waiting for someone to invite them. They just don't know. I pray your presence on all of us, that we will walk as greater light on this earth. That we will walk with joy, happiness, health, favor, and blessings. And that we won't hoard it to ourselves, but instead, will give in Jesus' name. I feel in my heart, I, I want to call you up, but there's another part that's saying no. You don't have to come up front today because His presence is where you are right now. What you receive is what you're willing to take. Because like Stacy said, there's presence. She meant individual presence, but I'm saying presence under the tree. And I think some of us need to just go hang out in it and receive it and take it. Because God is not low or short on His presence. If anyone in here is lacking, it's not God's fault, I guarantee you. So receive. Receive. Into the babies. Into the children into the grown-up children that you and I are supposed to be. We're not supposed to be adults. We're supposed to be children like faith. It's time for change. Because we're destined to end 2021 on such a high with power and authority in every one of our steps. That when we step into 2022, the greatest revivals ever will start to be birthed and happen in Jesus' name. But revival never starts in a place. It always starts in people. Love you all. See you next Sunday. We have a prayer team up front if you want prayer.